Welcome to the EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. Start the podcast. Let's do you want start to do the, the intro? Yes. Should I do the intro? I'm happy to do the intro. All right. D- or would you like to? Rob does no, a good intro. Rob, I think you should do the intro that's super over the top. <laughs> I don't know I'm going to go super over the top, but I am going to do a little welcome because we are now going to sit down with Jake Hicks, who is an absolute master of color gel photography and color theory. Quite honestly, this man knows what he's talking about. So you've got myself, Rob Grimm, you've got Gary Martin, both of us from RGGEDU, and we've got Mr. Jake Hicks all the way from London, UK. Thank you, Rob. Very kind, yeah. Thank Welcome. You. Pleasure to be here. It's been good to have you here this last week. Yeah, yeah. I'm missing the rain, but, you know, yeah, tomorrow, I bet you're missing tomorrow, the rain. get back to it. Well, why didn't you yeah. tell us that? We could you know, take you out in the back in the parking just lot. Throwing just throwing buckets of water at me. Yeah, turn the hose on you. Yeah. We'll turn the sprinkler on. You can run around <laughs> through it. Get out the umbrella. You know? Well, it would have been better than the what the forty degrees we've had here, or was it? What's that, that's, <laughs> that's old money to, to you guys. That's, you're, talking new money. Sales, you're talking, talking Celsius. I have yeah, no idea yeah, what yeah. the hell forty degrees. It's is. like ninety degrees. I, I just Apparently. know it was hot as shit, and every morning I picked you up at the hotel. You were dressed head to toe, long sleeves and a coat. What I'm sweating in a car with the AC. Jake is outside. Look, it's it's the part of being British. He's you need to be British. prepared. You need to be prepared. Anything could happen in the UK. How many people leave a home in the UK without an umbrella or a jacket? Crazy. <laughs> Any time of the year, they don't. <laughs> don't. Joke. Middle of July, yeah. jacket. It could be a lovely morning, but the afternoon, not so much. We're the same way with guns and beer. <laughs> we always <laughs> We're definitely the same way with Always guns. carry good, guns. Good, be a rough afternoon. Morning might start out fine, yeah. but good luck. Jackets, Lord. not so much. Umbrellas, don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lighting modifier to you guys. Yeah. Right. So let's get into the, the, the business podcast. We don't know where this is going. This is completely unscripted. Well, let's start. No, let's not, kind of start from the this. beginning. Let's, let's, one, start with the fact that we've just spent a week with Jake. Um, we've been building a new tutorial that Jake has taken a lot of time to, to create an incredible curriculum for you guys. It is all about color theory and understanding color gel light. And I think the beautiful thing about this, uh, we talked about this quite a bit, really and truly, when you understand colored light and how the colors wash on each other, you actually realize you're a, much more about your white light than you actually thought about before. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, I mean, and you're absolutely right, Rob. Yeah, we did speak about this before, but... I think when I first started way back when, you know, when uh, I was doing the same sort of setups, you know, two and three lights, but they were all white lights, obviously doing corporate headshots or whatever it was. Um, and then, you know, years later when I started to introduce color gels into those same setups, I would be like, it's just a mess. You know, right. Lights overlapping and, you know, it's, that's, that's not good. It, you know, it doesn't look good. So, right. yeah, it certainly made me refine and think about my lighting a lot more. So that's one of the big things about this tutorial. We'll get into that in just a minute. So let's kind of back up. We're going to start at the very beginning. We're going to talk about uh, Jake Hicks and your entry into the world of photography. Uh, Then we'll talk about your kind of style of doing colored gel. Let's go back and and get into baby Jake Hicks. We're going to get to baby Jake Hicks. We We should start there. We'll start the very beginning. Start baby Jake. We'll start baby baby Jake Hicks. And we'll get get into... (laughs) Baby Jake Hicks. Baby Jake Hicks getting into university. And then into photography. They call it uni, first of all. No, those are the Australians. They call it university. Do you call it university? Or is it you uni? Know, I'm not. I'm not getting between you two on this. You don't call I'm it uni. I'm just going to talk about the age range. And keep it. <laughs> 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 and 
Anyway, we're going to cover it all. We're going to get into Jake's life. We're going to get into his world of photography, and we're going to get into his world of business. So let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? How many siblings do you have? All that kind of good stuff. Wow. Jeez. Uh, Do you have siblings? Softballs. Uh, So I originally grew up at the deepest, darkest south of UK, which is a little place called Cornwall. The deepest, darkest south. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cornwall's um, cool. Deep. Deep South. I've been there in cool. the UK. Oh yeah, beautiful part of the country, yeah. but um, not much in terms of work unless right. fishing or selling ice creams is your specialty. Uh, I'm being I'm being mean, but yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's yeah, only no, like six, six months town, of right. the year, six months of the year where there's any work sort of thing, and right. then winter sort of town is yeah not good. Right. So and then uh, I moved up the country to a place called Reading, which is just outside of London mm-hmm. uh, for uni. Right. For, yeah, it is uni. Dang um, it. But no, I'm just kidding. It, 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 back then, it was uh, there wasn't many courses. So we're talking about 98. Yeah. Uh, and in the UK at the time, there was two courses in the entire country that was doing photography and digital imaging, if you can believe that. It sounds mental now to say Photography that. and digital imaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah they the had them separated. The fact that you have to exactly right. separate right. it. There was two courses in the country. I think one was in Nottingham, one was in, in Reading. And yeah, I mean, they were art colleges as well, so they weren't even universities as as we know them. They were art colleges, um, and I did my courses there at, at Reading. Yeah. Okay, so you you skipped over the stuff. Do you have siblings, or you know only? What? I have a sister, three years younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where is she? Uh, she's in Wales. Wales, right. not particularly close. No, if I if I. Well, it's because nobody wants question. to go to Wales. <laughs> you don't want to go to Wales. That's yeah, the problem. Exactly. All right, I, I, yeah, enough yeah. said. Enough said. Uh, and we were also talking a little bit earlier about kind of the the education system in England because it's it's a little different in that you're kind of tracked when you're younger, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, schools, um, the testing system is pretty rigid, and you're almost funneled into a societal really structure. Early age. Yeah, really yeah. early. Yeah, you're kind of funneled into societal structure um, based on your test scores, and you wound up being funneled into the world of art, just kind of by. Yes, yeah, true. Right? True. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'll be. Yeah, I'm not the most academic of people. Or I certainly wasn't back then. Right. I seem to have learned how to spell my own name now. But <laughs> back then, yeah, practice it was, makes it was perfect. Not good. Right? Yeah, and that's obviously no no reflection on deepest darkest South England, of course. Right. But, uh, yeah, I didn't pass many of my exams. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. and um, I, I was on a on a track to do like business studies and geography and some like just stuff that I really had no interest in. But that was sort of you know what you should be doing and that's what I was going to be doing and then I failed all my exams and couldn't go away to university or college to do that right. so that I'm talking about that's the 16 to 18 age range that's the time so I've just but it pushed you in the right exam. direction hmm? it pushed you in the right direction ultimately yeah to be fair yeah. I mean obviously it was devastating at the time my parents right. weren't exactly uh, the proudest people in the in, in the world but um, <laughs> they yeah it was it was it was a close call yeah because I didn't really have have an interest in those things really it's just you know get a good job and et cetera et cetera and, and right. move on from there but and uh, so in terms of when I was 16 failed my exams and then there was this thing at the time that they called like a I don't know art foundation or something like that and that just that just that was just a course that was for pretty much uh, bums like me who didn't have anything else to do but it covered everything like painting ceramics graphic design I think it was textiles in there as well and obviously Photography. So I'm curious, what what was your expectation then when you got into this? Like, what when you're 16, 17, you're getting into these art programs. Where did you think you were going to go? Did you have any idea you were going to wind up being a photographer? None at all. Yeah, absolutely none at all. Yeah. Wh- yeah. Where was your head? Like, what what did you think you were going to do? 
Um, is, I mean, there's one thing that can be said for the education system back then, um, so we're going back 20 years now nearly, but it was the fact that further education was definitely the thing to do. So you really, you really shouldn't leave school at 16. Mm-hmm. You should do something. Get right. some sort of bit of paper that means that you're more employable than the person right. next to you. Regarded. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I didn't have any expectations, but yeah, so I started that course and was doing all these different artistic things. And I, yeah, I was always enjoyed art as a child, but and it was in that course that I found that I loved taking photos and developing. You know, this is back when it was all film and, you know, in the, in the dark room. And yeah, this is like digital cameras hadn't even been, you know, it's just glad, a glimpse I'm glad you in had Mr. Cassio's the, eye. The, you know? the dark room for me was an incredible refuge as a kid and as a teenager and in college. And uh, it's such an important place to understand photography and how it comes to life. And uh, there are a lot of people coming up in the world of photography that have never had that opportunity to be in a darkroom. And this uh, is pretty important. Certainly part. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. I mean, but it's, it's a building process. You know, right. you get to see something, you know, excuse the pun, develop in, in front of you. And that's, you know, and that's what it, you know, you take a picture and you follow it through, you follow that process through. And uh, right. it was also that excitement as well back then, which I remember, you know, you, you'd like, you, like you set up a shot and you take it and there's that time of expectation or concern or thinking and then you know it's you know maybe the next day or a week later you know you get the results and right. you learn from those results whereas right. now it's instant result yeah it's different well but that but then it was almost instant i mean two or three days kind of seemed instant it, it i'll take your point i suppose yeah it I seemed mean, really fast didn't it you know but you were more involved with the whole process because you were you know it, particularly if you were developing your own film and uh, you know, pulling it out in the dark room and seeing the negatives for the first time and letting them dry and then, you know, cutting them and making context sheets and doing the prints. Um, there was kind of an immediacy about it. And you could take those prints to your your buddies at school and show them and be like, hey, look at what I just did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it sounds, you know, it's, it sounds cliched when you hear other people saying, oh, you know, I learned film photography, so I learned how to do it properly and that sort of thing. It's, that's not, it's not really the case, but I do think that it did help me to visualize a shot before I press the button right and I think that's really important you know and even if even if you're a photographer now uh, you know I certainly know I've heard of some tutors that take their guys out on a course and they put black tape over the screen and give them like a you know like a 10 megabyte card or something like that and really? so you say yeah so you've only got like 20 shots huh. on there and you know who's they, and making they, a 10 megabyte card these I've days I've got an 8 the, megabyte compact you got to get used one yeah, yeah. they're not they're yeah, not they're not new yeah. but you know the, the point is that they would then get them back to and they would review these you know I want to get you got 30 shots there I want to see 20 amazing shots you know and if that's what you have to do then um, you know it makes well, yeah, you that think. makes you think yeah, it makes you think and that ability to think through a shot before you press the button is, you know, something that I know that I use day to day in my right. in my images now for sure. And I, I'm not taking anything away from people that have grown up in the digital yeah, era. I just think it's absolutely. a valuable thing to yeah, spend that time yeah, in the yeah. dark. It's, 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 it's a different thing now. A different different process. process of learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. process. Yeah. All right. So it's you process. get out of university, process, then what right. happens? Process. It's, oh, it's a proce- process. Wrong. <laughs> Good. Sorry. Good. It's great. It's a We've process. had a whole week to relearn process. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm trying to get better at my English, but yeah. my English is rusty. The Queen's English. It's the Queen's English. I'm borrowing it. Yeah. <laughs> Leasing it. So what happens when you get out of university? Do you graduate with an art degree, first of all? You, do you have like a BFA? or What's, what's your degree in? Yeah, so it was three years. Uh, it was a... BA, which is, uh, yeah, BA on in, yeah, exactly, but I'll be honest with you, I mean, I don't really know anybody in the, and I'm not judging, but yeah, I don't know anybody in my world of art that 
did anything with that bit of paper. I didn't even go to my. I didn't even go. I didn't even go to my graduate. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the sound of a PBR opening. That is. You may as well yeah. open one for me because that, mine's a little. That's low. a Friday night there sound. You there you go. Oh, you're gonna give me that. Yeah, you know, Jake. I'm the. Everyone that I know, they don't do what they studied. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's that. There's that. But I, I suppose from from an art point of view, it, it was. I mean, I didn't even go to my graduation. I got no idea what a certificate is to say that I got. I graduated a high, naked. It was awesome. <laughs> you did not. Oh yeah. From high school and college, it was amazing. You mean you had nothing on under your gown? Yeah, or? you had to. You had it's to. so hot out here. I mean, I can't really blame you. Right. Well, it's and it's a thousand percent humidity. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you really? Oh yeah. Is that a true story? True story. Or a Gary story? Ask my mom about the high school. She had a meltdown. <laughs> she was so nervous. You were naked under your oh, gown. Absolutely. One hundred percent. It felt so good. And now I know why people wear kilts up up in your part of the country. Woo, woo, that's, <laughs> that's so oh, far north from where he is. Yeah, it's not even close. It's at least twenty miles away. That's pretty close. Twenty kilometers. You people in the north. Kilometers. It's at least twenty kilometers. Yeah, kilometers. Right. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> no, no. Continue. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, you don't know where we were. Uh, well, <laughs> you talk about graduation. Gradu- sort of yeah. what, what's um, your first job? Where yeah, are you yeah, going? I mean, the reason why I went to university was to learn. That's it. Yeah. Not to get a bit of paper. Um, because it, it, that's not what's important. People who think that getting a photographic piece of paper, you know, saying that you've got an award or an achievement is, think that that's important, are deluded because it's, you know, it's, it's not. I agree. I've said many times that going to college was about learning how to grow up and be an adult. Yeah, you, yeah. You're learning along the way. You're definitely getting a skill set that you yeah, can yeah. use, but you have no idea where your career is actually going to go. And no, it's about exactly. learning yeah, how to yeah. be independent and how completely. to you know, pay the electric bill and kind of grow up and be a bit of an adult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm still learning that, but... I of course, mean, we all are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge. But when I left university, it was, um, it, it, was, it was a different era back then. This was before digital cameras were prolific, you know, to that extent. Yeah, I remember I mean, that era. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, and it was easy, you know, we just, we left, uh, we left uni, bought, I think we bought four heads, four Bowens heads, um, and that was it, we were off, yeah, it was me and this other guy, we, I was we, gonna say we worked together. plural, mm, we, sorry, so yeah, yeah, yeah the guy I was at uni with, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the two of you, like, opened a, a shop together? We didn't have a shop, so we were freelance, and we just went around, we did a lot of, um, hair campaigns for, um, different salons and that sort of thing, and we did, you know, corporate headshots, we just doing everything, we even did some weddings and that sort of stuff, so we were regular, you know, just local photographer types who yeah. just did, did a huge range, you know, of, of things, and, but we never advertised, we were always busy, and, you know, jobs always coming in, and, you know, people talking, it was right. great, it was great, and we did that for a couple of years. Then what happened? And then, and then the digital bomb hit, and yeah. um, the five D Mark II was it? Oh, ooh, well, easy, way, oh, way, easy, way back, easy. Whoa. way back before God, that. No, we're talking about the first digital camera we got was oh, um, okay. way back Fuji Finepix S two, which was like oh a, the Finepix S two. I remember that camera. Diddy little screen on the back, yeah. like a postage stamp that <clears> had about all of eighteen pixels, and um, yeah, it was like six megapixels or something like that. And it, yeah, it was. When did the five D Mark II come out? Was that ten years ago? It was. Oh, I think it's longer than that now. Longer than that now. Yeah, it's been a long time. And we're only on the five D Mark III. Yeah. I'm just now. They, they really about need this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. We should be on the five D Mark IX at least. We should. Honestly. This is bullshit. Milking it. Milking it. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> milking it. Yeah. Seriously. Cannon, get it together, would you? Yeah. Well, that's that's a story for another. Yeah, I'm sure. Their mirrorless is just around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Well, that's true. Right. Mirrorless. That's, it's Sony's mirrorless. killing them. Sony. Yeah, I like my Sony. I do. I gotta tell you. I'm but Rob, have you have you learned nothing from this week working with Jake? It's not about the gear. Rob. Uh, exactly. It's Is about it? the technique. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's why I'm happy using a, a, a smaller, more mirrorless camera, something a little bit more simplistic, not yeah. the fifty thousand dollar cameras that I'm used to. Good yeah. save. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> oh, it's quarter it, professional. Save by it's the keeper. True. Yeah. Save it by is the keeper. <laughs> save by the keeper. <laughs> right. All um, right. We digress. So yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so this was like a couple of years after we, we left uni and you know work was good and that sort of thing. We bought a digital camera and it was like, wow, digital cameras, yeah, it's amazing. It was like awesome. Like we saved, like the like we bought that camera and we the money that we saved from doing like literally two jobs. Yeah. In so the money that we saved from not having to buy film, from not well, having Lord. to develop film, yeah. from not having to print film, you know, that money was costing. So the amount of money we saved on two jobs paid for the camera and it's like we were like Digital photography is amazing. Right. I love digital photography. It's great. Then what saving happens? all this money. Then what happens was, I remember this to this day, and uh, obviously it was petering off and that sort of stuff, and we weren't businessmen. We were just good at taking pictures, and uh, we, we hadn't really developed our business acumen at this stage. So, uh, yeah, you know, jobs were petering off, and I remember walking into a hair salon like I like I would do normally with a, with a portfolio, you know, your book, you walk right. around and that sort of stuff, and... Uh, Go in and just like showing them the images, and I remember, you know, she was there like, Jake, wow, I love these. These are amazing. This is phenomenal. It's just some of the best work I've ever seen. I cannot wait to work with you. This is going to be wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got some big <laughs> hair competitions coming up. There's yeah, a bug you're going to be perfect. So what happens? I was like, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, and mention budget. And I remember this to this day. Yeah. She laughed in my face. Really? There and then. Yeah, she laughed in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, we don't pay people to take pictures for We don't us. pay at all. We don't pay people to take pictures. No, we've got, you know, my dog's brother's uncle's son's German nephew down the road has got oh. a digital camera. It's always so the Germans. It, it's, it's always, always the Germans. dog's brother's <laughs> uncle's German nephew. Oh. Damn it! You know, um, you know, no, 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 we got a we got a digital camera. Uh, you know, we you know we take our own uh, images and that sort of thing. No, no, we don't we don't pay for um. No, no, we don't pay. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I I get it. Digital digital photography or no, not digital, but photography in my opinion lost some of that black magic. That little you know allure. Oh, absolutely. Had, you know that that secret Came like extremely how accessible. Is it, how is everybody exactly, can do yeah, it? Everybody can do it. Everybody quote unquote. And obviously the big thing that differentiates us, you know, as photographers is trying to prove to a client what's the difference between good and great imagery. Um, you know, my mom thinks that every image that I take is amazing, but, you know. She's your mom. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know. She's your mom. Regardless of what you show her, she thinks it's, she thinks it's great. But right. what's the difference between, you know, like trying to prove to a client back then the difference between good and great was was difficult. Yeah, it was difficult unless they could actually see it. Right. Um, so yeah, so that didn't last very long, you know. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't adapt. You know, my maybe my ego and my pride got in the way, and um, I was just like, no, I've been doing this now. Da, 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 how dare you? Sort of. And thing. that was the pivot point. Yeah. You saw business taper off right then and there. Pretty much. Yeah, it was literally in the space of about twelve months. Yeah, yeah. Just wow. really. Yeah, just just really dropped off. And, and like I say, that's there are other people who survived that transition. Right. But yeah, unfortunately. So you exited the business at this point. Mm. What happened to your partner? He actually became a 
famous record producer. Uh, he travelled the world. Uh, he got some top ten hits in the UK with another guy. And uh, really, yeah, he's 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 very famous guy now. Yeah, 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 wow, yeah. good for him. Yeah, yeah, he actually assists me on my workshops because we're still great friends. We just live around the corner. He's one of my oldest friends, but yeah, yeah, cool. Dan Lassac, he Yeah, he's a phenomenal guy. Um, and yeah, so he went off and sort of did that. Um, which was great for him. And then I sort of like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. Right. Uh, so, and I was at that age where I thought, you know, I haven't really traveled a huge amount. I haven't really done a huge amount. So I went and just got one of those throwaway jobs that you get in one of those stores. It was like a climbing and mountaineering store in the UK. And I went on a lot of trips and expeditions and did a lot of climbing and stuff. You, you're great totally downplaying this. You climbed some of the biggest mountains in the world, totally put your life at risk a few times, and you say you got a little, a little throwaway job in a mountaineering store. You went out there and did some kind of hardcore adventuring, right? Yeah, I mean, if Kilimanjaro is kind of a small mountain, but it's, <laughs> it's no Everest. It's more I mean, of a hill. It's, not, it's no Everest. Right, but you climbed Kilimanjaro. Yeah, this was, this was a long time ago now. It was it was very, um, yeah, we were, yeah, we were young, um, and... Uh, yeah, it was, you know, they were they were some good trips. They were some f- phenomenal trips. I mean, yeah, we did. We you know we spent a lot of time in you know the French and Italian Alps and that sort of stuff. And we did a lot of. We were out here uh, just just up north from you guys in Banff doing a lot of ice climbing and that sort of thing in the in the winter. We spent yeah. some time out here doing that. Um, it's hard stuff. It's dangerous stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you know, I learned a lot. You know, so we, what like, drew you to that? Had you had you been a climber as a kid, or did, what? What was the impetus for you that all of a sudden? You're out of the photo business. You're going to get in a climbing store and work there and go to climb Kilimanjaro. It's fair comment. Yeah, it's uh, some crazy dude you yeah, didn't yeah, tr- yeah. you didn't know and shouldn't have trusted. And you know, true. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said earlier on, I I come from like the southern part of England, which is quite a rural area. And yeah. um, you know, we lived. I was I had a very fortunate upbringing in that you know I lived. Uh, literally on top of a cliff, overlooking. Were you hanging off of the stuff. White Cliffs of Dover as a kid? Were you really? That's the other end, the other end, oh, down the other end. Yeah, that would be cool. Though. So we're yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're way down the other end. I feel like the south of every country is the rural area. Is that, is that <laughs> just the, the extremities? Case? Isn't it? Is that the case with every country? Well, it certainly is with America. I can tell you that yeah. much. America, the UK. <laughs> I don't think of the UK as really being rural, though. I don't know why. And I've lived there and spent a lot of time there. And it just, I don't know. But I guess I equate too much of it with London. Just think about, is, you know, just, like, just, just think know. about small fishing villages, <laughs> farms. You know, that's sort of, you know, that's sort of rural. I mean, it hasn't yeah. really, hasn't really yeah. moved on a huge amount. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I love, I love it for that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not down, downplaying that at all. You know, I love where I came from. But um, I was certainly brought up in a very, yeah, in, in an environment that, you know, my father was always outside. You always had to be doing something. Right. It was, you know, dragged out of bed, up early, out. You know what I think stuff. the difference is? I, I think the, the difference in my train of thought on this has to do with everything about history. Because there's so much history in the UK. London is a city that's been there for a thousand years, right? Um, the rural areas in England feel steeped in tradition to me. And when I think about rural areas in, in the United States, I f- feel like they're more poverty-stricken than they are these kind oh, of like, I hear what you're saying. you know, like if you talk about it in the UK, to me, it feels more like a quaint fishing village. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, it's but, a different definition. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, and, and you're right. I think there's, I think there's a big difference between being poor and being content, right? You know, and these aren't, these aren't wealthy places, but right. they're content people. Right? We, we took Jake yeah. to, uh, when we were scouting for this tutorial, we took Jake to a house that's about 100 years old, and <laughs> we walk in, and it is kind of like a historic, they call it a mansion right. house down on here on Locust, here in St. Louis. 
This house itself is kind of positioned as a historical landmark. It was owned by a very wealthy family. It was decorated very nicely, outfitted with very uh, Victorian-esque furniture. The lovely lady that he, met us on the way, and she was so proud of it as yeah, well. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, so Jake walks in, and like this place is like full of antiques that we refer to. It's all new to him. And then he walks in. He's like, "Oh, this is Mom's house. Like this, right. this is an old house for you guys. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding?" <laughs> He's like, this is just a normal house right. in the UK. Yeah, I was like, yeah, well, yeah. we can't shoot it here then. It's a different set of history. Yeah, I mean, yes. When I lived in yeah. London, that the flat we lived in was 300 years old. It's older than our country's been a country. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. There, yeah so yeah. There, there's so much history in Europe that we just don't have here. We're pretty young. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, yeah I, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but yeah, I suppose you're absolutely right. And it certainly made it apparent when I went in there to the location, and she's like, oh, yeah, so, you know, it's like haunted. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like 150 years old. A few kids died of pneumonia. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's haunted. haunted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's and we have years a different, a, de- yeah. a very different definition of Victorian here too than you do. I mean, Victorian in England, the rooms are huge, they're massive, and here that's another like, thing. Yeah, they absolutely. have high ceilings, but they're kind of tiny. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I've, I've shot in those, you know. Um, mansion type places that, that are of, of of that period, and they are colossal. Yeah, which right. is sort of like you guys have done the reverse so like back like your old houses had tiny rooms right and now you live in <laughs> monstrous rooms yeah. whereas now you know we had monstrous rooms now we live in tiny right. rooms it's like yeah, yeah what we did we started out with with houses that had tall ceilings and small rooms and now we have massive rooms with lower ceilings gotcha okay. don't know don't know why that yeah, happened yeah. but that's that's what happened i don't know i, I don't not an all right so you're climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. You're doing all these crazy things with mountaineering. When do you get back into photography? When do you have enough climbing mountains? What happens? Um, you picked up on it briefly earlier on when you said that it was dangerous. And yeah, it does. It does get to a point where you know, same with anything. You know, if you're a race car driver or whatever, you know, you just right. keep driving faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and until it costs you. Until it costs. Yeah. Yeah. And it was getting that way. Um, with you know, the did whole you ever climb. get hurt? Did you ever take a slide down a mountain? And yeah, I, I had a couple of very close calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you realize that you know it's just, you know I'm still relatively young at this point. You know, maybe I when you say you had old. close calls, what does that mean? Like, did you wind up in the hospital? Did you did you bust anything up, or did you just realize, wow, if I had moved one more inch, that would have been it? You get you get a lot of those. You get a lot of those moments where you feel that well, that was a close call or something like that, there's, there's those. I think the ones that, sort of the reasons that stood out to me was, I'm a bit of a control freak to a certain extent, and anybody who's seen my lighting knows that I'm a bit of a control <laughs> yeah. freak. But when it, when it comes to these sorts of trips, there are things that you can control, whether it be the, uh, you know, the equipment that you take with you, or you know, the time of day that you go, or the route that you take. You, know, you can plan everything. You can plan all these things. But right. there are things that are gonna be outside of your control. Um, and we got, we got cut out a couple of times with some bad bad weather that wasn't supposed to be there. You know, like the best technology in the world hadn't predicted that there was going to be this weather. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you get put in a couple of situations where you have to endure um, long periods of time where you know it's it's you have chance to think that this right. is wow, this could this kill is me. Pretty yeah, this could kill me. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, there's there's, there's, there, there's like close calls that, that like, Was it an adrenaline rush for you, thinking, man, oh man, this like this could be it, or you don't get the adrenaline rush? Right. No, no. I mean, like you get the buzz afterwards to a certain extent once you've but, accomplished it. Yeah, but 
when that you know like the buzz seemed to end a little bit to a certain extent right. you didn't really get that anymore and you just thought that was close you know and you just you know you don't really get the the buzz then yeah. it starts to get like well, you know wh- why are we doing this you know um so so yeah well i, I know I why you did you. kilimanjaro i mean when you were when you were talking about getting up there and literally seeing the curvature of the earth from that from that vantage point, the way you're describing to me, I mean, that's a pretty unique experience that very few people in the world have had, and you've had it. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, they they're the they are the payoffs when you do. You know, as stupid as it sounds, when you do make it to the top, you know, the like you you feel like you've you've earned it. There's no there's no shortcut to it. And whether people understand that or not, you know, I can appreciate why why people don't. But right. um, when you get to the top of anything like that, and you have that sense of achievement. Then yeah, and especially like a view like like we had. I mean, we were very fortunate in that we had um, we were the only two people who managed to get up there at this particular juncture. So it was pre-dawn, just pre-dawn. I think we'd started the final summit push at two a.m. and Oof. we just pushed it just before dawn. Um, that sounds and, yeah. cold and brutal. Yes, and for, and for yeah. someone who gets really cold in St. Louis, <laughs> yeah, 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 in yeah. the summertime with ninety-five percent humidity and ninety-five degrees. So I, so yeah, this was, this was back when I had the Fuji S two, and that those things run on they, they run on four AA batteries. You know, oh, this is before camera batteries as we know it. So yeah, I so had, you could take I had, nine shots. I had yeah, I had like these. I had the camera batteries strapped to my stomach because because you know, they froze so cold. Yeah. You know, um, and. Uh, yeah, but to give you some idea of how cold it is, when I got to the top, I decided to alleviate myself, and um, it had frozen, frozen yeah, and and was hitting my leg in beads of ice. Seriously? Why were you pissing on your leg? Yeah. I wasn't trying he to. He wasn't but trying to. Top it's, of a mountain is windy, dude. Yeah, like pretty windy. Jake, yeah, Jake, yeah. piss off the side of the mountain. Don't piss on your leg. <laughs> it was not like, a, like a stool up there. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Gary has never yeah, been yeah. to the top of Kilimanjaro. So, uh, it, was, well, it was cold. Yeah, I have done my fair. I have. Uh, 12 of Colorado's 14ers under my belt. That's good. Mm, that's good. I have so, a couple, uh, but not 12, that's for sure. Yeah, I've got 12. That's good. Two in the same day. Yeah, uh, so the thing about some helicopters of these mountains don't is the fact that a week to get uh, up there. Great, Mount Gray's and Mount, Mount Tories are right next to each other. Yeah. So it's it's like an hour hike from one to the other. You hopped over. Technically, it's like cheating. It's the same thing. That's yeah, cheating. you cheated. It's not cheating. It's like a saddle. It's type. a saddle, yeah. There's two fourteeners, and it takes like it takes like two hours to get from one to the other. Love it, love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was that. But I mean, I wasn't really shooting a huge amount as well during that during that period. Um, you know, I had my camera and that sort of stuff, and I was taking pictures. But uh, and I at the time uh, I was also doing or experimenting with other elements of artistic uh, businesses, should we say, because as far as I was concerned, photography was dead, you know. Right. You know, it's a mugs game. You can't make money from that anymore. Um, and mugs game. Mugs yeah, game, yeah. Mugs game. It's another yeah. one. Add it to the list. <laughs> Crapshoot. I've been learning so much this week. Yeah, it's English. We need an English-to-English translator. Seriously. <laughs> we have the king's English, and they have the queen's English. I don't know. We might have the bastard stepchild English. Yeah, you know. know, they All have the queen. Right, continue. Sorry, uh, <laughs> the PBR is getting to me. Uh, so yeah, so I I had a design company for about eighteen months, something with a with a another guy, and we did a lot of uh, graphics projects that involved you know marketing with even simple stuff like logos, letterheads, and you know, right. uh, and obviously the. The internet was becoming a bit of a thing back then. Them interwebs, yeah, they were growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were doing all that sort of thing, and um, we would. The usual process would be that you 
that you'd get. Okay, here, here you go, Jake. We want a menu or we want a new logo or we want a new letterhead. Brilliant. Okay, we go away and put together maybe three examples. Take it back to the client. They would go, yeah, I like this one. You'd go away, do three, four, maybe five other variations on right. that one. You take it back to the client and they would go, eh, I like that, but what would it look like if the logo was down here? Right. Micromanaged to death. And I'd be like, if the logo looked better down there, I would have put the fucking logo down. There. <laughs> <laughs> like you're coming to me right. for a job. God, I yeah. hope you actually said that. <laughs> well, it was getting to that point at the end. I was just right. getting so hacked off with it. I really right. was. And it's just like, you know, something's going on. Um, so I started getting back into the photographic side of things because I, I, I like that instant, you know, that, that instant gratification. You, you like, you take a shot and everybody knew on set that you'd captured that shot. They'd seen it and there was no to and fro in and right. boom, we created it in the frame. Um, and that was always my mindset right from the, you know, this is before Photoshop and all that sort of stuff to a certain extent, but it was always mindset, getting it right in the camera. Um, and later on, when you're working with art directors or that sort of thing, they like to be able to see, I got the confidence to see that you're getting it in camera. And you would, you would usually, you would get far less people coming back wanting to make adjustments. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I carried that through to this day with doing all the colors in camera, doing the blurring with lens baby and that sort of thing in camera, you know, so you never take a shot with a lens baby and then, and then them come back to you and go, ooh, can we have a little bit less blur? No, you can't. Right. That's what it is. No, you can't. You know you can't. You know, so nobody ever asked that. So, uh, so that was what drew me back into the whole photographic side of it was I wanted to get away from this being micromanaged by some monkey who didn't know what they were talking about, who yet came to you because apparently you did know what you were talking about, <laughs> but they didn't believe it. Yeah. It does happen in this business. Yeah, I'm finding yeah, it yeah. right now with a client. <coughs> yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, but. exactly. So, but I'm glad it, it yeah. drew you back into the world of photography. Mm. You know, so that's when I got back into it, and uh, you know, for that reason, and uh, I didn't have the bi the business acumen back then to start up freelance again. So uh, I looked for a job in a studio, um, and managed to get a job in a studio, and I was there for I suppose six years. I suppose. Well, oh, what were you shooting? It was portraits. Right. Portraits. This was a high volume studio, very high volume studio, and something that became quite prolific in in the UK with family portraiture for many years. Um, so good, good training ground for you because you're just working constantly at this place. It's it's my opinion that there is no better training ground. Because you're shooting, none. shooting, shooting, directing, directing. There's people. no shortcut. There's no yeah. shortcut to that. You know, to that that number of hours behind the lens. You know, people yeah. come to me, oh, you know, or I get interviewed all the time and it's like, well, what's the best advice you could give to new photographers, you know, aspiring photographers or I lecture at unis or something like that and uh, they'll be like, oh, Jake, can you, give us, can you give the students, you know, some, you know, what's the last, the final piece of advice that you could give time to them? Time in. Hours behind the lens. Yeah. Hours behind the lens. There is no shortcut. And you, that camera does need to be an extension of your arm and that studio gave that to me. I shot... I mean, we were shooting 16 separate clients a weekend, eight a day, um, maybe shooting 30 a week. Um, so Busy place. Yeah, very busy. That's what, this, is when, this is when that, that type of industry was very popular at the time. And, you know, that studio, that studio made a lot of money. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, but that studio and made, that's why you made a lot of money. How did you stay really interested and engaged? Like six years today? Probably for a lot of people, seems like a long time to be doing the same thing. So, like, how did you stay like really passionate about what you're doing? Yeah, really good question, Gary. Yeah, really good question. Um, I, I and I think that I mean, fortunate. One of the benefits of working in a studio. I mean, you guys have got a great studio here, and you've and you've got a hierarchy, and that's and that's the same in 
when you get to work in another studio is the fact there is a hierarchy. I mean, I started right at the bottom again, you know, started right at the bottom, you know, making coffee, you know, sweeping the floor at the end of the day, hoovering, hard up, to do. hoovering up with dog hair, you know, that's, that's, that's what you, you know, that's, yeah. that's your job, that's what you're doing. And then um, slowly going up through the ranks and um, in the end I was, uh, yeah, I was the photographic manager of that studio and I was responsible for training in a region of studios as well. So I was training loads okay. of loads so of new different roles through. within that studio exactly itself. yeah yeah, yeah so yeah it's not doing the same role for six years you're yeah, right okay. yeah it's just gradually building you grew with the company building. yeah exactly yeah yeah and it was getting to the point where you know the training and, and that sort of thing was so heavy that i wasn't shooting particularly that much myself anymore you know i just, just didn't have time you got you got new people coming on to do that for you uh, and it's your job to make sure that they're doing the best possible job that they can do um so i learned a lot of uh, you know, I teach obviously a lot, a lot now, but a lot of that training and learning how to teach probably came through that and seeing how other photographers, you know, need to learn. And uh, and just coming right back to the coloured gels just briefly, it was, you know, I was one of the photographers that introduced sort of using coloured gels in the studio to this, you know, to this company at that, at that time. And, you know, it was like, whoa, you know, it was amazing. So what inspired you? Like, where did you get the idea to start using coloured gels and bring it into this studio? Uh, I was, I mean, so it's kind of funny really because, you know, even back in, in uni and uh, we were using colored gels and that sort of thing in, in our shots, you know, using, using shots there. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, even like 10 years prior to that, I was using colored gels in, in my shots there. Um, and then it was just like, you know, you'd have like your Monday morning meeting. It's like, guys, sales are down. What can what we, we do? do? What yeah. can we do to make people buy more portraits? You know, and it was my job to come up with new ideas. Like, how can we reinvent the wheel by next week? <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> That's kind of cool, you know though. I mean? That's kind of cool yeah, pressure to have. Got people. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I agree. It's tough. It's yeah. really tough. And you think at the time it's impossible. It taught you a lot about what to do with your own business when you're out there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you do think it's, you know, it's about, well, like, no, like, you just got some manager you know in an ivory tower who's just banging on the door going you know we, we need to make more money guys well invent something you know right um so that's where the color gel thing came out it was like okay it's just you know what can we do that's relatively inexpensive because for some reason they didn't want to spend a lot of money on yeah, it yeah. so what can we do that's relatively inexpensive uh to take different pictures more variety you know something more engaging and that's where that came from so and this is where I have a problem with the digital generation of people is because I was getting just swathes of young photographers coming in, placing lights all over the shot and think, oh, I can fix that in Photoshop later. No, just hide it behind the model. Move it out of shot. You know, it's these things right. that were not being taught in Craft the image. Exactly, right. yeah. Think before you press the button. Right. You know, and like none of this was happening. It was all like, oh, we can fix this later on in Photoshop. Yep. We can fix it in Photoshop. Well, okay, you can do. Why waste that time? It's going to take you like literally a fraction of a second to, to, to do it in camera. Right. So do it in camera. Yeah. So yeah. how are those images that you were creating at that portraiture studio compared to your images today? And like what happened in between? Well, I mean, being being like the boss to a certain extent, I was allowed a little bit of leeway in, in the studio. So, so yeah, I mean, there's certain techniques that, that I use today that were probably crafted back there and then and you get fast i mean you get quick at changing the set 
you know, it's, you must have had like forty-five minutes with people. I mean, you what, get forty what, minutes. What was, yeah, the, yeah. what was the time? Forty-five minutes. Yeah. So, so they come in, say ten a.m. You know, strangers. You, you talk to them for ten minutes to try and get them to trust you, right. and then you boom, you're straight in there, uh, right. and uh, and then it's then it's a case of you have to be thoroughly engaged in the customer experience whilst trying to implement complex and complicated right. lighting. You know registering values of lighting, exposures, you know, making sure the images are being captured, everything's working whilst delivering that customer experience, which is just a craft. There's, you know, there's no, you know, there's no. Right, and if anybody is sitting here thinking, man, I would never want to work in a portrait studio, listen to the lessons that Jake just got out of that. I mean, the amount of time that you had to work with people, these hours and hours and hours and hours of spending time behind the lens, but, you had to do it quickly because you had little time with the people. You had to build the rapport. You had to manage the studio. I mean, you learned an enormous amount that allowed you to then go out and hang your shingle on your own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all those things that you've just said there. And, and I get questions all the time. as well. how do I get better at posing models? Or how do I get better with communicating with models? And all these things were learned whilst, you know, Shoot. at the grindstone, right. you know, doing it probably well over a thousand times is just... That's that's where you learn that craft. You know, it's not just a case of, oh yeah, it's easy. Jake gets in professional models from all over the world, yeah. and you know they just stand there and pose. All he's got to do, he's got assistance. Bullet. Assistance, you know, setting up the lights, and it's all done. All he's got to do is walk in and press the button. Yeah, no, right. it's not how it's not how it happens. So are, are portrait studios like that still booming? Is that one no. you work for no. still around? No, they've tapered no, off. So. Tapered off hugely, yeah, hugely. So yeah, Sears, yeah. does anyone still go to Sears to get a portrait? Well, man, there used to be huge portrait companies here in the United States, and several of them have completely gone under. Is see, I don't even know if Sears is still around. I think some JC Penney, CSI, I think CSI bought them. I can't remember. They, it's they've like gone sixteen dollars. Go get a portrait. Yeah, crazy. Step in. Crazy yeah, point. no, it was you know ours was you know, five hundred pounds for a portrait. I mean, this was this was a little bit better. so yeah, this wasn't. This is the thing. This, this was what made it even even harder was the fact that it wasn't the case of, and there are studios out there that still barely make a successful living out of it. But there are studios out there who get you to sit on a chair with a cloudy background behind you and take a picture, and boom, well, that's easy. You know, that's yeah, granted, but that's not photography. What we were doing, we were crafting individual pieces of art and then selling them for five hundred to a thousand pounds. So there was, was bespoke. I mean, you were coming up yeah, with yeah, something yeah. unique for the each people coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. granted, you know, if there's people out there listening to this thinking, well, I've been to one of those places, they cost a ton of money and it's outraged and overpaid, granted. But I can assure you that the images that were coming out of my studio were well worth that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. kind of hoping that yeah. you were going to be that studio that has the glamour portraits of, like, the lasers and the cats <laughs> and the guy with the <laughs> bottle sun you know, oh, glasses. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Like, yeah. I was really hoping that you were behind... The, with the numbers. Those photos, but it doesn't sound like yeah, it doesn't no. sound like the the quality coming out of your studio. Yeah, no, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, there was colored lights, but that was that was. Who right. the hell is making those no lasers. photos? Those photos have to be a joke. They cannot. No, be real. that was dude. That, what that was America. That was CSI. And I'm not really familiar with it. Yeah, with the images you're referring to. They were here oh, in the you states. Just, you just gotta Google uh, like glamour your name, shots. Your name and glamour shot, and then like oh Google search. Boom. Oh right. It okay. is. It is ridiculous. You. When I search that, I think there's no fucking way that that studio was serious about that image. Someone's <laughs> fucking around and flooding the internet with those fucking no, images. No, man, it is. It no, is. they were I totally mean, serious. Yeah, they made a bunch of money for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and cause... this was and this was the problem was the fact that it's very difficult for you know, like I said earlier on about a client not knowing the difference between good and great. But 
the client in this instance was just a general public. So unfortunately, they didn't know the difference between good and great either. They were just still getting charged the same amount, even though they could have a picture taken by, by me that was reasonable, I'm sure, or somebody who had just stepped out of university and just turned on the camera for the same time. They were paying the same. That's what killed that industry, was the fact that there was so, no qualification that was needed. There was nobody checking it. Yeah. It was all, it's not like a, a dentist or a, or, a, you know, or a lawyer or you know, an accountant. You have to have a bit of paper that says you are a-okay. This was not the case in that, in that industry. Did you get out before that started to die or what got you out? Uh, well, one of the reasons was, obviously I wasn't shooting as much um, and I was doing, doing a lot of uh, bits Management. with- Exactly, yeah. Um, and. And also, yeah, it was just slowing down. Yeah, it was slowing down a lot. We weren't, we weren't doing that, that volume. And um, the benefit of not doing that volume was the fact that I had more energy and more time to work on my own shoots, you know, which is what I was doing. Yeah. Back when we were so where'd you go? What'd you do? So I was just shooting. Uh, obviously, I had my full-time job at the studio. And then in my days off and evenings off, I was shooting, uh, developing my own style uh, with models that I'd, you know, Met through Facebook groups or whatever. And test shoots. Test shoots. Yeah, yeah. test shoots. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's certainly a contingent of people out there who believe that you should never test and working for free is heresy. You're taking jobs away from et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a time and a place for it. There is a time and sure, a place Sure, you were building it. your yeah. book. So how long did it take for you to build um, your style kind of on the side while you're still at this other studio before you finally opened up your own joint? Maybe two years. A good amount of time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. working. Yeah, well, I was, you know, I was, I was a bit of a wimp as well. I didn't want to, I didn't want to jump out. You know, it's easy. Right. You get a paycheck at the end of the month. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, it, yeah. So yeah, but now, you know, you go freelance, and there's tons of people all the time. Oh yeah, I want to leave my job, and I want to go freelance, and I want to, want to, you know, take pictures for a living. It's like, yeah, it's not quite, it's not quite like that. You know, sounds easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you spend a lot of, I spend way more time behind a laptop than I do, you know, shooting, but. That's just the nature of How long have you been freelance now? How long have you been on your own? Probably uh, only a couple of years now. Yeah, only a couple oh, yeah, of years. Right. Yeah, yeah. A lot has happened in those in those two years. Yeah. 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 And I, I had a very developed style before no, not even that long, maybe eighteen months. Yeah, so I had a very developed style and pretty much the style that you've seen of my work now. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is um that's that's what it was before I left. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that was well and truly. So who were the first clients that you were working for when you were on your own? Uh, what now? Yeah, when you yeah, when you started like you when you finally left and hung your own shingle, who were you working for? Uh, I was doing uh, so I'm in a fortunate position at the moment where I write a lot for a lot of magazines in the UK, so I'm yeah. shooting um, pieces for them, whether it be uh, articles for magazines, so I write write those, uh, usually photo, uh, photograph magazines, and right. then I'll be shooting uh, portfolios for makeup artists or you know, models, stylists. Um, so doing, doing a lot of work like that as well, yeah. How do you, how do you market yourself? Because that's a hard thing to do. You know, how do you go about getting uh, people to know about your work? I mean, obviously, word of mouth and relationship is the most important thing. But it's certainly very different now to what it was 10, 15 years ago. So it's... Um, so I had, I, I was in a fortunate position that I've developed a style that has been unanimous with, you know, synonymous with me. Um, and that, hands down, is, is the sole reason for what I would class as success that, that I have now is, is because that, 
that style is distinctly mine, you know, distinctively mine. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you've got that, then you can build an audience. And yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about Facebook, but I can pretty much track 90 to 95% of every penny that hits my account through that, through that service. Yeah. Which is an impressive... It is a very impressive, uh, impressive number. Impressive facility that, right. you know, that, that we have at our fingertips. Now, obviously, it's very dangerous to be to put all your eggs in one basket like that. I mean, okay, if Mr. Facebook was to close his doors tomorrow, then yeah, I and, would be... Well, and they are. Like, every article comes out every six months to eight months. You hear, oh, Facebook changed their, uh, their formula, and now they're... The, the way they put it, they say, they're going to tweak to make sure that you see more of your friends and family, unless about business. But really, what they're really saying is, uh, we're going to make business really business pay, has to, to, pay. To, to, to get it seen. And uh, we're the same with you. Um, we started after Facebook launched our, our company, RGGEDU, started right about the same time or right after they launched their You Have to Pay For It. So we weren't fortunate enough, like a lot of photographers, to have a huge base when it was free. Like we came out and basically had to start paying for it immediately. And not to take anything away from Facebook, it's great to be able to target our audience and say, hey, you know, we want photographers that are 24 to 35 that like, you know, 10 specific interests that are related to f photography to see this trailer on JKX Photography. And that is easily traceable all the way down to um, a, a checkout page, which, you know, is kind of a win-win when you think about it for both the buyer and us because mm -hmm. it's... Mm -hmm. It's relevant to them, and it's also relevant to us, and we can actually see. But like, I can't even imagine selling tutorials 15 years ago. Like, what are we gonna do with the radio? Impossible. Yeah, the radio, like yeah. by national advertising. Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. never underestimate the power of radio. Radio's <laughs> fabulous. We're on the radio right now. <laughs> No, we're not. <laughs> sort of. This is not how this works, Rob Grimm. This looks exactly like the radio. That, you know, radio. Mike, we're not on the radio. Yeah. And, no, and not only that. Like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> our audience is in eighty plus countries, and yeah. I mean, we get emails from people all over the world saying, like, Do you think oh, that this, that, this, that this company this. could exist ten years ago? I don't. I don't. I don't know. No, we're, we're the product no. of yeah, technology. No, yeah. No, Absolutely. I don't think we could. Yeah, and and I think to a certain extent as well that you know that that I am. As well, yeah. Yeah. you know, I just, it's just, I just don't think that I could exist the way it was ten years ago. And fair enough, it doesn't, it doesn't, maybe that doesn't have any relevance. But and look, look, ten, 10 years from now, and this goes back to your education being forced into take a class. I didn't fucking like. Um, I was the same way. Like, I, not to say I got forced into the business major. I liked a lot of it, but what I didn't fucking like was all the electives that I had to take. Mm. And not to take any way, not to take anything away from science, but I was like. You know, I'm paying a lot of money, a lot of money at a university. I don't be forced to take science classes. I'm not going into crazy to, money to be, yeah. you know, a doctor or anything else. Why is this applicable? I got that out of the way in high school, and like, yeah, it's interesting, but why should I be forced to take shit? So now, fast forward ten years, with the amount of universities and the amount of people enrolling, getting more and more pissed, and it, you know, some universities are on the decline with online education. You get your MBA online and mm -hmm. and yeah. way less time. It's super more you know more competitive. So this technology. I understand you can watch you know Harvard classes. You know, get yeah. classes. By My the, daughter's by the taking a class at Brown and, and University can, right now. Just watch them. It's just like whoa. Universities online. are going to change, yeah. and it's because of companies. I don't want to you know 
no. make us sound too big, but like companies like ours are really changing the landscape of how people are learning. Because guess what? I can go to school for four years and maybe be in debt tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, or yeah, or I can fucking teach myself. And the issue that I, I suppose the issue that I had from university and when I was learning photography, don't get me wrong, I think that learning the fundamentals of photography is mandatory. I mean, it should oh, yeah. be, you know, paramount if you want to be good at what you do. You need to be good at the fundamentals. <laughs> Don't just jump in and start getting six light out, six lights out at a studio you've just rented and expect to, great, to get great images with a $10,000 camera. No, it's not going to happen. But the thing that puzzled me when I was at university was the fact that I was perhaps being taught by an older generation of photographer. Now, you can get away with that if it's history. You know, the Battle of 1066 is always going to have taken place in 1066. Yeah. The, you know, the outcome of World War II is always going to be exactly the same. Two plus two is always going to be four. Unless you're Quentin Tarantino. Then, but <laughs> different, with, different rules. Yeah. But, but with photography, like, it's changing. It's changing every, every day, let alone every decade or every generation. So to be taught by you know, professors that had been there for a while who, in my opinion, maybe weren't as in touch as they should have been. Yeah. They need That's to be, bad. Well, they need to be learning as fast as the students. Here's the thing. I mean, when you talk about could you have existed 10 years ago, could this company have existed 10 years ago? Uh, yes, in different forms. Um, mm -hmm. The things that haven't changed. I've been in the business for 25 years. I've evolved with it in many different incarnations. The one thing that you do have to understand is composition and lighting. You have to understand the fundamentals, and you have to be willing to change with the times because the business, the industry, the technology is not going to stay still. It's not going to be static. It's not going to be uh, the same tomorrow as it is today. So if you're not adapting with it, you're not going to survive in it. Yeah. Um, so some of those older people, I, I think that there's some valuable stuff that they, that they have to teach without, without question. I agree, absolutely. Um, we would have had the sweetest VHS tape collection that we would send to you for forty nine ninety five plus shipping. <laughs> oh <family>. my god! <laughs> Can you imagine the the fifteen hour J Kicks tutorial sent to you on thirty eight VHSs? You know, what, honestly, like, I would love it cap. if I had my yeah. own tutorial on like yeah. ten VHS. There's got to be a company that yeah. would be you so VHS. awesome. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Think, of, think of the yeah. think of the cover art you could do on a VHS. Oh, man, I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. It's got Miami Vice written all over. So it. does yeah. it'd be awesome. Yeah. Amazon takes on VHS on demand. No, but I think that's an important point. You know, I think, I think that's something important if you're going to get into the world of photography today um, to know that it's not necessarily a business that's going to be obsolete in 10 years because it's going to evolve. You've got to evolve with the business. You've got to learn the fundamentals. You have to understand composition. You have to understand light. You have to understand how to direct models. You have to mm -hmm. understand how to build relationships with people. And you have to understand how to develop your style and allow that evolve while being a businessman and staying up with technology. It's kind of a lot, actually, when you think about it. And it, it. takes time, like Robert. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I mean, time in. You know, yeah. you, you just scratch the surface of it, in my opinion. And, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and it is. But it does take time. And it's great. We can all enjoy the journey. We can. You know, like the thing is that, you know, your first day at, at your photography school, you can, you can start seeing results. You can start taking images that you enjoy. You know, it's not like many nuclear physicists get a great first day. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, right off the first bat, you know, right off the bat on our first day, you know, we can start seeing results, which is great, you know, which is phenomenal. You know, it's right. a great thing to be, you know, the it's such an enjoyable. It's the age of instant. Yeah. 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 We need that, you know. Oh, man. 
God. Short attention spans. I know. Days. Seriously. It does. What's next for you? Where are you going? Like when you now that you've been doing this for a while, um, and you've got your sea legs, so to speak, and you feel pretty confident in your in your skill set. Where, where do you think you're going to go? What do you want out of your career? Yeah, and, I, I, and you're right to. Um, That's a loaded question. Bring that up, but um, I, you know, and like I said, I, again, granted, I've only been freelance for 18 months again, but you know, most of my work has been done whilst I had a full time job. So all that all that work is being done the whole time, right. you know. So, um, and I never really never really left it completely. There's thousands of hours of, of, of experience in there to get me here, even though I've only been doing like proper freelance out on my own. I wouldn't downplay the, the, the amount of time that you've been doing it. Your knowledge mm-hmm. of color theory is really deep. Uh, I think that, that one of the things that uh, too many young photographers do at the, today as they're entering the business, they don't t- take the time to really learn and understand mastery. Um, You've done that. I mean, you've you've Mm. got an incredible amount of of knowledge of color theory, of color relationships, and of light. Uh, And again, I I don't think we can stress enough the way you have reworked your lighting directly goes back to the use of gels. You started with white light, started introducing gels, really spent a lot of time with it, and it was through those um, lessons of color gels you learned where things were falling because white light spills everywhere, right? And mm-hmm. mixes all over the place. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. colored light defined your light for you. Yeah, it was it was a big, you know, one of those aha moments, you know, whether it, you know where you just really see your work go up a gear phenomenally right. for me. And so way back when, when I when I first started shooting commercially after I left university, you know, we're doing the same two, three maybe even four light setups, boom, boom, boom. Like, let's just say for a, a corporate headshot, you know, key light, fill light, couple of hair lights, boom, we're done. done. Set it up, excellent. Thanks for the money. See you next week. Coming back to it again, you know, when I, when I dipped back into it full time now and I was starting to maybe use those setups again and then I would apply gels to that same setup, <laughs> that's just a mess. You know, it's just a mess of just lights going everywhere. And when I was doing it before with the white lights, you're absolutely right. When you've got that overlap, you don't notice it. Right. White light, white lights, you know, laying on top of white light, right. you, you don't, like, you visually can't see it. You do that with two different colored gels, <laughs> you spot your lighting, your bad lighting right. straight away. Yeah, straight away. Um, not that I ever shoot white light portraits or anything like that anymore. That's not what I get asked for, but... I can assure you that when I was to when I, when I was going through my gel lighting and trying to perfect it and you know and get to the point where I'm at now, if I was to take the gels off those lights, that white lighting would be bang on, you know, right. which it never was before. Before I'd gone down that road, bang yeah. on. I like that. Yeah. Another one. Write it down. Bang on. Bang on. It's like spot on, but actually, maybe that should be the title of this tutorial. Jake Hicks. Bang, bang on. on. Bang on with Jake Hicks. <laughs> I like it. Your complete guide. To Are you bang cool? He's just gonna have to rewrite the whole week's tutorial. <laughs> I'll just do a voiceover. Oh, you'll, okay. You'll no, get, let's just have him no, stay and reshoot it. We like having Jacob. Guide to bang on, and I'll just do it right over. Let's say we reshoot it. We like having him around. Done. <laughs> flight, flight canceled. <laughs> I mean, sorry. His, his barge. He's taking his barge, right? His barge <laughs> back barge to England. Barge back to England. Yeah. That's crazy. <clears throat> no, so, sorry. I, Rob, you asked where, where I was, where I wanted to. Yeah. Take where do you want to go? Yeah. Uh. I'm in a great place right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I am very, very, very happy with, with where I am. Long may it continue. And if nothing else changed from, from carrying on down this road, I would be over the moon. Um, absolutely would be. Um, one of the big things, you know, I do a huge amount of training and stuff now, whether it be 
writing or you know going to unis and that sort of stuff and, and, and uh, teaching or with my workshops you know I do do uh, probably well, one or two workshops a month and you know very fortunate you know they always sell out very quickly uh, but the people there and they are hungry yeah hungry and that give back is nice they actually it's kind of nice to get that that uh it's almost an accolade. People want to come and see you and yeah, learn yeah, from yeah, you, exactly. and yeah. it's amazing how much you learn from them. I love it's it. A, it's I a beautiful it. give because, and take. Yeah, so keen, you know, so keen, yeah. and they, you know, they want to, they, they want to be able to see what you're doing. They're asking questions and they're engaged. You know, there's nothing worse than you know, like it's just like people in the in the back row yawning and stuff. Like these guys just like so they're just dying, right. hanging on your every word. I love that, and they're getting feedback and. You know that is that that's not a day's work. You know it isn't really. That yeah, is, I, I love you know, it too. It's yeah. one of the reasons I've been doing it. And <clears throat> my my father was a teacher and an unbelievable one. And I I, I know why. You yeah, love that yeah. give back. It, and these and guys, it's, you know, it's these guys are investing. You know, they're, you know, they're spending money to a come lot. see me. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm opening the door and you know stray dogs are walking in and I'm teaching them. It's, <laughs> you know, like these guys are investing in their education. So do you, you know? think because as a world now or a, a world economy? Because we go through so many images every single day and everyone has to just keep scrolling, right? Do you think the demand for photographers is unmet and there's such a demand to have great imagery on a, a, a higher basis that there's a market for all of these people to become photographers? Or is it overcrowded? Let me just, I suppose for me, and this is something that I've been a little bit bugged with in recent times and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe people just enjoy taking pictures. Yeah. Maybe a lot of people at my workshops don't want to make a professional career. Do you, do you ask them? Yeah, at the start of every of every course I How ask. many people are actually want to be pro, want to make money from it? Versus it's a mix. Just it's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah. But I would say the majority of people are there to genuinely want to take better pictures. Yeah. And I don't think we don't need to attach money to it. I mean, I do, but I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, in terms of when you're teaching, like people, people just want to learn how to take better pictures. They don't necessarily just want to learn so that they can sell their craft. And I think that's, that's the difference. You know, we really enjoy what we're doing. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of your customer base just enjoy the craft and, and the learning process of, uh, of taking better pictures. I mean, yeah. Oh, absolutely. There are you know, plenty it's, of it's doctors not, that have lots always. of money that want to buy a camera because they no, love I the mean, process exactly. of taking yeah, yeah. pictures. So it's even, not always about... Even photographing your kids. Like, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Being able to yeah, yeah. do that and just being able to take a better photo. But, and cute. that's where technology has really benefited the world of photography because before, you know, you think about... Let's go back to 1970. Um, photography was not very accessible, you know? I mean... Sorry, yeah. You like we're lucky to get a camera from you know an uncle or somebody like that, um, and, and you could kind of get introduced to it that way. But now everybody has a camera in their pocket. Everybody has a camera in their pocket, um, and who doesn't like taking pictures? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's become more and more accessible. <clears throat> so I I think that you know the whole ed education process that, that that we're all going through as, as well at the moment is is just about getting people to take better pictures, whether they decide or choose to try and make money from that as an end result, that, that doesn't bother me at all. If, if, if people want to come yeah. to my workshops and, you know, they go, yeah, I want to learn from you, I want to take better pictures so that I can sell my portraits to other people, that's, that's absolutely fine by me. If they want to come, I just want to be able to take better pictures. I, you know, I just love, you yeah. know, renting out a studio so and hiring a, very, a model and that sort of thing. Valid yeah. point. And I think there's this just the standard of what good photography is today versus what it was 
15, 10, 20, whatever, years ago. So different. Through the roof. Yeah, oh, through it's the roof. nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's becoming, do you think it's becoming way harder and harder? And do you think it'll become super hard to have your own unique style, like with the amount of people doing it? Or will just technology continually change? <sighs> wow, yeah. man, it's getting a bit late on a Friday for these <laughs> right. big, big bad boys. Your yeah. head's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can just say pass if you want. How many styles can there be? You just say, I Is pass. that a discouraging <laughs> question? Yeah, no, no, it's, 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 you know, it's not, Gary. It's not at all. And I think that... I mean, I get told a lot by creatives around me that everything's been done before. Don't worry about it. You know, it's all been done before. Just, you know, reinvent it and, you know, do it in your own time. You can do, but I'm not sure that I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to believe and I'm not ready to accept that everything has been done before. And that's part of my visual yeah. process. That's part of my creative process that I can't give into that. I can't yeah. tell my brain, whether it's true or not, I can't tell my brain it's all been done before, Jake. All you're doing. I think it's just like yeah. narrative, narratives to work. any like yeah, movie. Yeah. Like just when you think you haven't heard the next fucking story. <laughs> I tell you yeah, what, sure, though. you're waiting for the next big like yeah. yeah whatever massive blockbuster. I'll play devil's advocate because you're one of the reasons why you're willing to share your knowledge with people and teach people your style and even tell people copy it. You know that inherently we all have a different sense of style and composition and eye and approach. So even if we are using the same techniques. We're going to vary just because we're human and we have a different perspective or a different perception of the world around us. So we, we, we ingest it differently, which means we're going to put out a different product. True or false? Definitely true. Yeah. In fact, somebody at one of my workshops asked me recently, it was like, Jake, you know, you've done a few of these workshops now. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming up to my first year of doing workshops publicly. And yeah, they, you know, I said, look, Jake, you know, Aren't you afraid? You've done a few of these workshops now. Aren't you, aren't you worried that you're teaching all these people and they're going to go away and steal your ideas and they're going to steal your photography? And um, people are going to do that whether you, whether you share it with them or not. Exactly. Okay? Um, and there are people out there, the, the people that do steal my ideas and, and techniques, they, they certainly haven't been taught by me. Right. You know, because the people who are choosing and willing to invest money in their education, they are not the same people who would happily sit at home and just recreate shots that I would take. Because they, they care about what their images look like. Right. They want to invest money in how their images get better and improve their talent, their craft. They're not then just going to pay all that money and then just sit at home and go, yeah, sweet, learned it all now. I can take pictures exactly like Jake Hicks. I'm going to go and do that. There's no way. Yeah. And to this right. day, all the people that have been on that workshop haven't done that. They right. have not gone and opened up their own business and trying to sell my images exactly. you know, in my style for exactly. half the money. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm yeah. not afraid to teach people what I do. Um, they can copy my style all they want. It won't be exactly my style. And I've got a lot of years of experience. I, you know, it, there's no substitution for that experience. And our, our style is developing as well. You Absolutely. Know, just, Even you know, 25 years in, I'm yeah. still changing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we sh I showed you some of my original work, which was all saturated color. You know? Oh man! <laughs> it was the, it was the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, five four, five four transparency. You know, that know, was that right? was when it was a craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like whittling whittling wood, but you know, photographically. Oh, walnut. I, li walnut. I like to whittle. Yeah, I really, I really yeah. do. And for those of you listening, and you are listening, Rob just has a walnut <laughs> down south. <laughs> he just has one walnut. It's made of walnut, and he whittled it himself. I whittled it myself. That's right. 
<laughs> At least according to Tony Roseland, I did. Right, yeah, right. But no, like copying is, is as we all know, anybody or all, any of us creatives who spend any time online will know that <coughs> fear of copying and that sort of thing and watermarking, that watermarking the hell out of your images and all that crap, it's, it's yeah, you, if people are going to steal, they're going to steal, you know. Right. Um, oh, I know, Jake, do you worry about people stealing your images? Uh, you know, you don't watermark them. How are you going to, how are you going to, like... How old is it? How, how long does an image last in the digital age now? 7.3 seconds. There you go. Science. Seriously? Done. Science, yeah. Done. 7.3. Mm-hmm. The time that I That's could be depressing. spending worrying about that, I choose to reinvest in taking well, more co- images. There's companies out yeah. there that now take care of it for you. They, they made the process easier. Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah. they're out there to, yeah. to, to look out for you. And there's technology that scans the web for your image. Right. So why would you... Don't waste your time. Don't waste your... Artwork or your photo. It's time with, that you could be spent watermark. taking new images, and that's that's yeah, the only way to look at it. It's the yeah. only way to look at it. Yeah, yeah watermarks. Yeah. Watermarks. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Don't watermark. So a I moment agree. ago, I, I mentioned 1970, and your camera's ni- not from 1970, but it's kind of close. And that's one of the things. That, <laughs> that's oh, one of the things I like about oh, you. That's a burr. <laughs> That's a Rob Grant burn. No, it's not. I like it. I like this about Jake Hicks. And I I think you guys are going to like this about the tutorial, too, because Jake is all about technique. He's not about equipment. He does not need to have the most expensive, coolest, brand newest, right out of the box camera. You don't have to have the most expensive equipment. You are about the process. You're about the craft. You're about making the images. Yeah, absolutely. Which is cool. Yeah, I mean... So to, so, so to go back even further and touch on that point way back when, I mean, I had my, my six megapixel Fuji FinePix S2, you know, <laughs> and I was shooting album covers on that, and right. those album covers were made into billboards. I saw those images from that right. six megapixel camera that was a piece of crap, in, you know, in comparison to... To what's to what out today, absolutely. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but what else does an image? I mean, if it go, if it blow, if it's blown, if it's cropped in and blown up onto a billboard, then I mean, you know, it's not about the equipment. It really isn't about the equipment. Right. Um, and yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm definitely not what they would refer to as an early adopter. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, I let, I let, you know, you guys come in, try out all the new stuff, get all the quirks and the, right. you know firmware updates out of the way for me to come in so when it's 10 I'll years old I'll be your beta tester I'm ready because I, I like the I'm new ready stuff to, I'm ready to come in and, and, and use it but yeah no I use a Nikon D600 and I, and I have done for many years and Nikon you know they've had I don't know countless cameras updates to that yeah. you know um, but and you can pick up that camera in fact I, I was looking before I came out and I looked just before I came out and you can pick up that Nikon D600 for like 400 bucks now. Wow, that's amazing. 400 bucks. You know, but one of the amazing things about Nikon, their glass has always been beautiful. I mean, Nikkor glass has always been gorgeous. And I know you use some of the old <laughs> manual lenses because they're, they're phenomenal. Yeah, I do. I do use a lot, lot of old lenses. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can, we can go super, super clinical and there are a lot of mirrorless, you know, smaller cameras now that do phenomenal things with math that is beyond me and how they get the sharpness and crispness of some of those images is beyond me but I sort of like I sort of like something a little bit more you know add a little bit of soul back into my images and it's really difficult to explain and, and, and it is almost impossible to explain right. what I'm looking for in an image but I'm looking for that for that x factor if you like that's something that's going to make the image stand out just a little bit you know what's going to engage the viewer i'm always thinking what can attract the viewer's attention and if if any of the viewers looking at my images have to engage their brain for a fraction of a second longer 
then I've done my job. If Absolutely. That, yeah. If that Absolutely. means that I'm If you get them to stop and look and question, yeah. you win. Exactly, yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I'll happily use, you know, I got some old vintage lenses, um, you know, manual focus. You know, you have to work for that image, but I love the effect that it gives. Yeah, right. I love the effect that it gives. You know, we were using, we used one of those lenses in one of the um, tutorials that we did here this week. Yeah, one right. of the old... Russian Helios lenses, it was, yeah, gorgeous shots, yeah, gorgeous shots. And I'm using that for a beauty shot. I'm not using it for a landscape image, you know, or even, you know, a group shot. This is a beauty shot. This is all right. about, you know, skin and that sort of thing. So, yeah, don't be afraid to dig out an old lens, right. you know, because glass is glass to a certain extent. Yeah, you can polish it down. Of course you can, but um, don't be afraid to introduce well, something Well, you know, different. And lenses all have their own properties, and that's one of the things that, that makes them unique and, and kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I read a review by a very famous blog writer and article writer uh, who put together, compiled the list of Nikon's 10 worst lenses. Yeah. Um, and I'll just say it was Ken Rockwell who wrote it. You know, great, great writer, that sort of thing. Uh, but he, he put together a list of Nikon's 10 worst lenses. I was just like, I got to see this. So the worst lens that he said, I don't know, it's like a 43 to 86 mil F3 lens. It was like the That's weirdest weird. lens. Yeah, it was 43 like, to 86. It was like really bizarre. Why yeah, would he yeah. make that? Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, as a challenge. That's a challenge, <laughs> Ken. I'll have that. I'll, I'll take that challenge. So he wrote this article saying, that, this, was only, this was only like literally a couple of weeks ago. He wrote that this is the worst lens that Nikon's ever made. And because it's the worst lens, you can, you I it. picked it up for like 20 quid. You know? Right. It's just like pfft, nothing, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, picked it up. And, uh, yeah, I, I used it to take some uh, gelled edge lighting shots. And, yeah, I mean, they're on my Facebook page now. And I, I took them with a modern lens and, and that old lens, you know. Side I, by I side, defy yeah. you to, uh, you know, to, you know. Side if, by if side. I, if I was to, yeah. yeah, choose which one is the older lens. No. 20 quid. So what was his reasoning why that was the worst lens of all time? And was it applicable Ken, to you? Ken's not, Ken's not wrong. He, it, it, I'm sure it is a bad lens. And if you were using it outside in light that you couldn't control, it's very different. You know, for us studio shooters, we, you know, we, we have the benefit of having complete control of our light. Or we should have complete control of our light. Um, <laughs> and that means that there's no stray light firing into the lens and that sort of thing. So he's, I think he's referring to the fact that that the optics in there were, you know, weren't joined up properly to the point that they were creating flare and artifacts through light bouncing around. But, and that applies outside. I'm sure if I was to take that lens outside and take a landscape, I'm sure it would be flary as all hell. But in a controlled environment, it's a weird a studio, lens. Yeah, yeah. Just the mill. Yeah, that's the weirdest. <laughs> I don't know what. Never heard thinking. of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's yeah. It really isn't about the gear. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my philosophy. Yeah. But light is important to you. And, and did, tell me about the brown color that you had the opportunity to work with the, the Ciro's eight hundreds here. First time, uh, yeah. The first time I've been using those. Um, yes, yeah, so we had uh, four Ciro's. Yeah, what was it eight hundreds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Really happy with them, got to say. I mean, they've got they got a huge range uh, of power as well, which is which is something that I really liked about them. So I think we got was it seven stops? So the lowest is power two, goes all the way up to ten. Yeah, that's a big range. When yeah. you think that each one of those stops is doubling Four the stop. light, yeah. you know, that's that's like whoa, that's a that's a big range of a and that, that's a monoblock. So that's not power power pack. I know. It's, it's not a floor pack. Well. It's a monoblock. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting too because in the studio you are on incredibly low power. Um, and you were at 2.0 almost on every single light. Sometimes you were getting up to 4, depending on the distance of the light to the, to the subject or the background. 
but incredibly low light, which is for you was fabulous because you could just shoot like crazy. The recycle is nothing. The recycle is absolutely nothing on them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, yesterday we were on location all day and there were certain rooms and certain areas where I wanted to just bring in a little bit of ambient light. And I was shooting, well, I think I was shooting at what, a 60th at 2.8 ISO right. 100. But she's letting in quite a lot of light into the lens. Let it, I'm trying to let it let in some of that ambient light, but I was trying to match it with strobes. And right. what usually happens with strobes is the fact that, especially when you're using gels and that sort of thing, is they just blow out, you know, it's just blow out, you know, normally right. you wouldn't be shooting that low. So, and it's very difficult, especially monoblocks, to get them down to a low power. Um, yeah, you normally have to ND your, your lenses, right? Exactly, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Norm normally always have to ND. Um, which you wouldn't think is a problem, but remember, you're not outside in bright daylight, so it's very difficult right. to focus with ND filters Really on. difficult, yeah. yeah. So it just slows the process down. So be, having the ability to turn those lights down to, they were just giving out just tiny a little light, blips yeah. of, you know, yeah, kiss of light like that. <laughs> kiss of light, with, uh, you know, and just adding those, those colors where I, where I needed it without me having to up the ISO and crank up everything else to try and compensate, you know, up to, to make other adjustments so that I could try and balance it out, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, awesome lights. Yeah, it's been a great week. I mean, I can't I can't wait for people to really have the opportunity to dig into this tutorial. Um, it, it, your color theory is fabulous. Uh, what people will learn and what they'll be able to take away, um, not only from color but to apply that to white light, is pretty invaluable stuff. Um, and your use of technique, plain and simple, over over gear, uh, is pretty awesome. But I think for you, probably the most important thing is hours in. Like that's probably the lesson you really want to convey to people. Just in, in terms of there is no shortcut yeah. to great lighting. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, there isn't. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that patronizingly to anybody. I, I'm, and I'm saying that because I don't want people to get disheartened by the fact that, you know, oh, I've only been doing it a couple of years or I've only been doing it six months and, oh, you know, my images aren't aren't that great just yet, I'm not happy with where I am. That's the only reason why I'm saying that it takes time is because I don't want people to get disheartened whether they, whether they decide to you know, copy my work or learn from me or not. The point is that it just takes time, it really does, yeah. yeah. Now, the photography, the, the, the business itself is a building process and this tutorial in many ways is a building process. I mean, we start with you know, the, the flared color gel and move on where you're constantly building up the skills, getting uh, more complex and more complex. That's the nature of this business. Mm -hmm. You have to start with the fundamentals, understand them, have them become second nature, and you can build upon that and build upon that. There's not a, a, a true you know, shortcut to success in this business. There isn't. I got a question. I'm going to change the Bust it out. What's the question? Ready for, ready? We asked, I asked you this earlier this week, and you had a, you had a really good response. <laughs> <laughs> now it's better be photography-related, Gary. I, we, we discussed this. Uh, it is. How do you feel about the term, I'm a self-taught photographer? <laughs> oh, you just turned bright red. Yeah, yeah. It's a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, like, I, and I had never thought of your response like this uh, because yeah, this is really when you, when you think about it, there is no self-taught photographers unless you lock yourself in a room with a camera for, what, three, four years? There's no such thing as a self-taught photographer. I agree, I agree. I mean, and, and this, this sort of came to me, so I, I, I um, publish on my Facebook page every, pretty much every, every weekday, and one of those days I dedicate to um, talking about other 
photographers work. So literally guys that inspire, guys and girls that inspire me photographically and visually. Sometimes it's not even photography, but so I go through their portfolios and, you know, and I look at the images that they take and I look at their bios and their, you know, the way that they describe themselves and the amount of times that I see in people's bios that I'm a self-taught photographer sort of wound me up to a certain extent because as you just said, nobody's self-taught and you know, I go to universities or I have people come to me and say, oh, I'm a self-taught photographer. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, so well, how, how have you learned then? How, how, you know, where did you get your knowledge from? Just been watching YouTube videos and, um, you know, reading articles and, uh, you know, books and that sort of thing. And I've gone to a couple of workshops. Okay. So you were self-taught by some of the greatest photographic <laughs> professionals in the world then, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, well, honestly, when you, when you said that, it kind of dawned on me because I was like, man, the best motherfuckers are on YouTube. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. The worst motherfuckers, well, maybe not the worst. <laughs> and I am dropping MF bombs. F bombs everywhere. It's one perspective from if you went to school, you have maybe two, three, four, five teachers throughout right. your whole career, but you can watch the best people on YouTube, the best people online. Yeah, so I, like, I, I went to university. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not dissing university at all. No, right, I am. No. I am. I'm. I, no, it's, it, it, it's, it's very simple. It's, 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 an, it's an equation that, that there are really no self-taught photographers. They either, like me, learned with my father at, you know, at his hand and, and you know, in the dark room with him and then going through university myself. Now that's, that's all changed. We're not doing the apprenticeships the way we used to working for other photographers. Now we're watching YouTube videos. We're picking up tutorials. We're going to workshops. But we're learning from somebody else. There's somebody sharing information, yeah. knowledge with us. It's not just like... I just picked up the camera and I figured it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not happening. Yeah, I woke up this morning mm -hmm. and it's really weird. It's, How many self-taught mathematicians are there? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a damn good question, Gary. That's the best How question you've ever had. How many self-taught nuclear physicists are there? That's yeah. Three, actually. Been a couple. Yeah. Two of them are now there. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's a little blistered. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, funny. Well, I want to bring on, and I want to see if he's still here and still available, but I want to bring on the director of this tutorial and talk a little bit about how we oh, break down how we, how we break down these tutorials so i'm gonna see if he's sean he's sean are you still here sean oh he might be here i'm gonna you guys keep talking i'm gonna go get sean the director you're gonna you're gonna wrangle well, i can go get him i'll go get him, no. I'll go get him. I, was, I was gonna take a quick break <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, sounds like just, the star of the show sounds like, just walked off set do you believe like, that it sounds like he needed to go to the loo, yeah, as might, they would say. Might need the well, WC. Rob, this is a good time for me and you to talk about this tutorial. Actually, you know what? I'm really, I, for me personally, I'm excited about this tutorial. A couple reasons. One, uh, my own personal bias, I did indeed start my career very um, drenched in color, to be perfectly honest. Yep. I spent a lot of time with saturated color. So, uh, to see Jake making such a successful career out of it and having it really come around is really quite incredible. Um, number two, I think Jake is really amazing at uh, explaining what he's doing and sharing his knowledge and kind of um, working with our audience. It's a really cool tutorial, and it is about the fundamentals. Absolutely. And when we kind of came up with the curriculum and we, we knew that we wanted to do something on gelled photography we did a little research and there's not a lot out there there's not a lot of people no. doing it but I, I'm wondering if now it's it's becoming more and more interesting because of the color when you look at something like, uh, like uh, Daredevil on on Netflix I don't know if you watched Daredevil, absolutely but yeah. it is 
so full of color. And it, any, any Marvel movie is so full of color. Yeah. I, don't know, it, I don't know if it's because our eye is just more drawn to color that of course we those are. photographs are more interesting, but there aren't a lot of tutorials out there that are focused on color itself. No, color, color naturally pulls the eye. Um, it, in some ways, it's a visual trick because you can't help but look at it. Um, and it's not just the movies that are out like today. Like, if you look at Batman that was done 15 years ago or 20 years ago, yeah. um, color has existed. It's, it's always been kind of um, a driving factor in visual communication, but it's having a new resurgence, and I think it's, it's having new success in visual communication. Yeah. Um, for a while, you know, and things are kind of cyclical. For a while, things were, were, were kind of downplayed, more muted, more pasteled. But um, color, no matter what it is, whether it's pasteled out or it's more vibrant, color is an incredible visual communicator. A lot of my early influences for color and the, the theory that I apply to it now came from a big fan of the Japanese anime type you know, yeah. cartoons where it's all about color and just like blocks of color, making it really bold and, and right. vibrant and that sort of thing. And I applied some of those same colors from anime to my photography in terms of a visual image. So right. yeah, it made a, you know, and, and applying it like that, that's probably where it came from. Well, we do have our director. Yeah, so. Sean. Ladies and gentlemen, special uninvited guest came in through the back dough. Sean Kirkland. Is you were invited. Sean, no, I'm just You were kidding. invited. He's been here to sit next to us the whole time. Sean is the director of Jake Hicks's tutorial, and I, I, I just want to say a few things about Sean. Sean comes from the education background and is very passionate about creating a curriculum and creating a learning process uh, that we really love and that is really conducive to learning on any platform, whether it's photography, whether it's math, whether it's anything. Uh, Sean is, is, is kind of been the expert. So he was the one to really lay down the groundwork for Jake and really work with Jake in the weeks and months coming up to the tutorial to make sure that his process was developed and written in a way that is going to be amazing. So, drum roll, drum roll, please. Sean Kirkman, everyone. I just ate some spicy chicken, so I got to share this mic with Gary. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm going to step off. It's all yours. Okay. <laughs> so, Sean, give us a little rundown because you were kind of super excited. Actually, that's one of the things we like about Sean. And, and to, give, to give our audience a little history of Sean, Sean was the first employee of RGG EDU besides Gary Martin and myself. Um, and then you were here for almost a year, and then you left us, which was kind of sad. But we sweet-talked you to coming back because you love education. I do, yeah. You love the products that we make. Yeah, and not just the products. Well, I mean, I guess the whole thing is a product, but... I love all the special attention that's paid to the instructor's style. It's right. not just a how-to. Um, it really shows off their whole personality, their style, their method. and Their people, workflow. Yeah, they, people get to know that person. I think when you're able to get to know the person that you're learning from, you're going to learn better rather than step-by-step -step or a hodgepodge of YouTube videos. It's like you're going to spend time with Jake Hicks right. or Eric Almas or, you know, Rob Grimm. Like, when you feel like you've had that time with them. I and think, I, you know, just I'll just jump in here. I think you were great at extracting that as well because, uh, and I hope you don't mind me saying, but you don't actually have a photographic background. I do not. Yeah. I don't so, know and, shit. And, and I'll just say, you're, no, you're learning a lot, let's say that. But. And I'll just say that, you know, from my point of view coming in, to this, I was I was uh, maybe apprehensive that somebody was going to be directing who didn't have a photographic background. I was being like, you know, how's this going to go and that sort of thing. But 
I have to say that you were instrumental in actually seeing things that I take for granted. But when you say, when you asked, okay, Jay, can you just, can you just explain that for me? Because it's like, oh yeah, that's really actually fundamental to getting this correct. We need to know, we need to walk before we can run. Um, so I think it was absolutely great to have like your input on that. Like, oh, sorry, I don't actually understand that. You can't expect me to like explain this or teach it. If, if, if I don't understand it, then we need to go through that. And I think that was uh, crucial. So, you know, and especially for a video like this that is covering right from the start, you know, it's good to have absolutely everything, everything laid down from the fundamentals all the way up to super advanced stuff. Yeah, for sure. And that's why we, we make a pretty good team. So, you know, there are checks and balances. You know, we have plenty of people on set that are, are, are very seasoned and experienced with photography and, and they can handle and help out with those aspects. But yeah, I kind of keep a more neutral ground and, and mm. are we explaining this correctly as is the message getting across. So. Yeah, we're a, good, we're a good team. We're a good mix because, you know, Sean understands education and how to get lessons across, how we consume um, knowledge in today's world. Uh, you know, and Gary obviously has incredible strengths in technology and understanding um, the fundamentals of, of how we communicate in today's world as well. And then I've got, you know, a couple years of photographs. You got the experience. chaps. <laughs> I may have a chopper too. <laughs> um, we like that, that, that Sean has that... Um, unique perspective, and oh, I think it's really useful. I, I love hearing that you appreciated that. At, at first, it was like, "Wait, what?" But I love that yeah. you mm. see the value in it because I think it makes our product so much better. Yeah, because you're not overlooking at anything. Yeah, you're right. not. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's for all levels, which is which is great. So, Sean, why were you excited to work with Jake Hicks and put this tutorial together? Oh man, like your so, wife saw my portfolio, and that's you like. Oh. Yeah, she's like, oh, great, more naked, beautiful women. <laughs> um, it, you know, I am always coming at this from a visual aspect first. So, you know, before I hear Jake, before I, I really learn from him as far as any, like, workshops or lectures he's done, you know, I'm just seeing his images. And when I see them all together, just a palette of color, that's what gets me excited. So I immediately start thinking about, okay, what kind of music are we going to use in this tutorial? Um, how are we going to create some images that are just going to tie this entire series together? And I just get excited. So I start there. And then through conversations that we have, it's just kind of like, okay, well, what's your strong suit? You know, what is the story you want to tell? What do you want to impart on the rest of the photography community? What is kind of your legacy? And we just kind of figure out, okay, well, this is my favorite stuff. This is the stuff I'm really good at. Let's figure out how to package that. What do you think people are going to take away from this when they look at Jake's processes? <laughs> because his, his stuff is, is really process-driven. It's not like uber technology-based. This is like, all right, it's crafting. Yeah. What do you think people are going to take away from this when they watch this tutorial? Well, it's, it's, he talks about, in all of his lighting setups, he talks about objective and subjective lights. Yeah. And he, he, it's cool because he gives you a recipe to kind of to not fail at some of these particular lighting setups. And if you follow these principles, if you follow these rules, if you go by the book, you're guaranteed to get good images. But then there's this whole other subjective uh, part of all of these setups, which allows your own style to just come through. So he's literally giving you the keys to the, you know, to these amazing images and then naturally as you play with these subjective parts you're going to be able to craft an, a look that's entirely your own 
Jake, where did you come up with objective and subjective lighting? Like, where where was that ingrained in you? Yeah, because he breaks it down really clearly. I'll just go over it briefly so that people sort of understand what you guys are referring right. to. But for any shot, if if you're gonna if you're gonna transpose light onto an image or a film or you know LCD whatever, you're gonna need to have an objective. In this instance, and in most of our instances, it's going to be to correctly light your model. So I will work out how I want to do that. So to light a human being, I tend to want to have my light above, angled down, and correctly exposed. So that's what I would refer to as an objective light. You know, The objective of that light is to correctly expose that model so that the viewer can see that image. That might seem obvious, but the point is that everything else beyond that becomes subjective. So your fill light, some people might like more fill light, some people like to have more contrast, right. so they have less fill light. Right. You can't really meter for that, you know, it's, it's what, what looks good. Some people might want to bring in some hair lights. Again, they're subjective lighting. You know, do you want to have, you know, blown out, blown out highlights to show a really crisp line around the model to, you know, really separate them from the background? Do you want just a, just a feathered bit of light, just to add a little bit of extra, extra separation or give the impression of maybe sunlight behind. You, you, you can't meter for that. That's, that's down to what you think looks good. That's a subjective light. So that's what I refer to in, in, in how it comes down to it. And that's how, I've, that's how I teach it in my workshops. Just I really like that terminology. It's not used in the States. It's not that I've heard, to be quite honest. No, I haven't used. You haven't heard it used by anybody else. I'm not, I'm not yeah. claiming it, but yeah, no, it's, it's certainly something that I, no, I claim use it. in workshops. Yeah. You, sh you, it, you <laughs> should claim it. If nobody else is using it, you yeah, should claim it because, yeah, yeah. quite honestly, it is uh, a stroke of brilliance in really giving simple definition. <clears throat> Excuse me. It gives simple definition to something that's actually quite complex. Um, people don't talk about it in that terms. They're like, oh, you know, uh, I like my fill light half a stop lower than my main. Um, and that's kind of where it's left. But if you think about it as subjective versus objective, okay, objective, I know that I want to do a specific thing. I guess to me what I'm saying is I think it gives you a better understanding of how you design light, how you really think about light. Subjective, it gives you a little leeway to kind of do things in, in a different and that, and that, pattern. And that leeway you know? is there to force you as a photographer to start looking at the image in front of you. That's, that's where I'm getting that from. To be creative. To be creative, but to but to pre-visualize the shot that you're trying to achieve before you start setting up the light. So people say, oh, yeah, I always use, or, uh, you know, the, the ratio, or the, I always use a ratio of one to two on my, you know, a key and fill. And it's like, well, if your model's wearing a, you know, a, a black turtleneck, then you shouldn't apply that ratio. If she's wearing right. a strappy, brilliant white top, you know, on a, you know, or a silver, like you shouldn't apply that ratio. It's based on the different variables that are present within the image in front of you. Don't be, don't be tied down by what you think looks good or what you've been told looks good. You know, base it on what's in front of you because we're not photographing the same thing each and every time. And that's where I try and come up with that philosophy. Yes, you do have to expose them correctly on your key light. Beyond that, it's up to you. Claim it. Right here, you heard it first. <laughs> Objective and subjective lighting. It's brilliant. Yeah, and I think a lot of instructors, not just from photography tutorials, from any kind of tutorial, any kind of learning experience, like you might fall at one end of the spectrum or the other, which is 
you know, oh, just do what you want. You just have so much freedom, and you end up just getting lost, and you don't really learn anything. Yeah, or I mean, like, you know, so a canvas specific, worst nightmare like, is a blank canvas, yeah. Exactly. An artist's worst nightmare is a blank canvas, yeah. You shouldn't be given too much rope to hang yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting perspective. When an artist does have too much canvas, it's actually confining. You know, when in the sense that it doesn't allow your brain kind of the freedom to think. But when you start mapping out a place that you need to start from, and build upon that, that's when creativity really kind of flourishes. It was, yeah. I mean, so we, we were shooting on location all day yesterday, and we went we went live on Facebook, and one of the questions came up was, like, you know, you're in a location. Like, how do you how do you know what to look for in a location? How do you create a shot in that location? And yet, yeah, that's, that's a great question because it's like you got this. You know, we can shoot anywhere. You can shoot outside. You can shoot behind the building. You shoot by the bins. You can shoot, you know, in in here. You know, you shoot wherever you, you want. But how do you confine that down? Is to is to you know is to short is to make that canvas a little bit smaller for you. you know? Yeah. So you just picked a spot. You I remember that you said. Yeah. You know, there's way too many options. So I pick a spot and I narrow myself down to that for a while and I work with it. And I, you know, unless I find like I'm at a dead end and I'm really not getting anything, in which case I'll pick another spot. I'll just try to make it work. I, I remember that first location that we shot in yesterday. It was, you know, the thing that drew me to it was that white rug. That was yeah. it. Yeah. I can gel this white rug. Yeah. How can I get a shot around that? So you just need a spark. Some, one, one thing that's going to ignite the rest of it for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's it, because it's just, there are too many options for us at the moment, especially now, we've got technology, and we you know, we're all connected, and we can do whatever we want, it's way too many variables, it's crazy, you right. literally can do whatever you want anywhere in the world, you've never had this amount of freedom, right. but to an artist, that's scary, Yeah, yeah, it's really scary, so you have to try and narrow it down, yeah, absolutely. That's a great perspective. All right, well, I think we're probably at a point where we may have talked ourselves silly, Unless anybody else has any other questions or, Jake, do you have anything else you want to throw out there? No, apart from to thank you guys. I mean, it's been an awesome week. It's been tiring and we've done a lot. It's been super long days. Um, but, yeah, we have covered so much. And I, and I just got to thank, you know, Sean, you know, especially, I, you know, absolutely no way I could have done it without you, man. Oh, it's phenomenal. We've got a phenomenal tutorial there, I know. Yeah, it was, uh, it's going to be great. It was an honor to work with you, Jake. Well, I think one of the hallmarks of what we do here at RGG EDU is we definitely have pretty intense shoots. They're not easy for anybody. I mean, our crew works really freaking hard um, just getting up to the point where we're shooting. The days are long. Um, the filming is, is pretty tough in, in many circumstances. Uh, but we always get great content. I think we develop great relationships with our photographers uh, and our instructors. And I have to tell you, I have enjoyed this one immensely. It's been a pleasure working with you. Thank you. The images were fabulous. I love seeing what you did, and I can't wait to see our our audience's response to the work that you do and the lessons that you teach. Because I think that they are really going to be able to put some um, some incredible power behind the imagery that they're doing based on the things that you've taught them. So. Good, yeah, because you guys have got some great tutorials out there. But I do think this one is very different to what you've done very before, different. which which is great. I mean, it's like you know, completely different content, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a combination between what's different and what hasn't already been made and also who are great instructors and who can really teach you know uh, we're focused on you know finding those instructors that haven't taught that haven't revealed their own kind of unique style so to speak and like we really want to keep kind of pushing of you know, who's out there who else can we can we work with like who's the next like jay kicks that how, how the fuck does he do that image you know <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm dropping more F-bombs because <laughs> F-bombs are fun to drop. But uh, it's, it's such a rewarding experience to be able to... It's almost like cheating for me. Like I get to see firsthand all of instructors like you. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, if you if you ever picked up a camera secrets. again, you'd be amazing. No excuses, man. <laughs> yeah, no uh, excuses, I, yeah, man. I cannot I, wait to see your I, shots in shit, ten years. I'm yeah. too way too busy doing the filming part. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy the video part way too much. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Way too much. It's fun to ever pick up a still camera again. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, oh God. What? Unfortunately, what? so my sister's getting married. Yeah, and of course you're she, not photographing that she, wedding. She she hired. She goes, yeah, it's gonna be great. We hired a magician. Oh, and by the way, do you think you could take the photos? I'm like, you're fucking paying. You a said magician? no. You said no. No, of course. This is the problem with my, the industry, Gary. This is exactly older, the problem. She's, she's buying a cake. She's buying a magician. <laughs> she's buying flowers. <laughs> but she's she ain't not buying, buying a photographer. photographer. She's she hired the magician. I'm like, she's my older sister. She helped raise me. I'm like, you know what? No, you got to call her right now. It's yeah, Toby. I, I can't money. do this. For Take you. money from your sister. I'll call her. I actually, I actually said, you know what? I'd rather pay and fly you to Hawaii and buy your honeymoon. And she's like, you know what? I we really need good photos. I'm like. Hire somebody good then. God, I know. <laughs> well, That's exactly what I said. I, go, I am not a wedding photographer. She's like, yes. Yeah, I, I watch all the videos you make. There's all kinds. <laughs> You've like, got a camera. Oh my, you That's got all a you camera. Need. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no. I, I tried to play it off like, no. We just have video cameras. So I was like, oh, I can't lie. Gary is now available for weddings at your local. <laughs> <laughs> And on that, oh, on that oh, note, I hope we need to make a wedding tutorial before October. Yeah, for you, for you, for <laughs> me, for me. Yeah. Oh, that's classic. That's uh, classic. Well, so for more information, go to rtgedu.com for the Jake Hicks tutorial. It's, it's amazing. It's gonna blow your mind. And if you can't wait till then, you can always check out my website to see what we've been yeah. rambling on about. No, and also uh, your gels. Yeah, you've got products that yeah, products. Uh, we didn't talk about those. that. You've got your products. But we'll just briefly, I know we've been going on long, but yes, I, I am fortunate enough to uh, yeah, become so synonymous with colored gels that I, I work with Lee Filters and I actually sell my own, my own gels. I mean, I've done many years of going through many different gel companies and different colors and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the, you know, I've percolated the best possible colors down to, you know, just, just three, three gel packs. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. And they've been going absolute gangbusters. Love them. Yeah. I've been, I've been so, so fortunate again, you know, those gels going all over the world. So yeah, I'm really pleased with the way they're And going. if, if our audience doesn't know Lee filters, Lee is a very storied company. They've been around for a very, very long time. I I've been using their four by four polarizers and their compendium hoods on my cameras for yeah. 20 plus years. Yeah, I do um, and actually you shared with me a really cool story about actually being in their facility. And yeah. I mean, they're, they do this by hand. They dip these things by hand. They check Phenomenal the quality process. control. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty rigid, but steeped in tradition, the way they build these gels. That's which not is automated. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, because as, as we all know, as, as photographers, you know, optical qualities and that sort of thing, critical. it has to be critical. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they've got people just down there just dipping these one by one. I mean, these are, these are, these are art pieces in their own right some of these filters right. i was blown away when i went down and i was you know thankfully i was invited around the factory but yeah amazing the quality control they have is second to none yeah yeah that's cool yeah well i think that'll wrap it up so if you're interested in taking a look at jake hicks work go to jakehicksphotography.com if you're interested in taking a look at the tutorial that we're going to be releasing with him go to rgg photo or oh my god oh, rgg right. <laughs> you got mine right that's i know i got too many i got too many you got mine right. i was trying to wrap that up uh, Faux pas. These things happen. 
Anyway, yeah, just 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 in case, it's rggedu.com. Dot com. We should come up with a jingle. Yeah, we'll try one. Rggedu. Dot com. I feel like I just ripped off someone else's jingle. Every other jingle. I think it's every every other jingle out there. Oh hell! How funny. Oh hell! Well, thanks for tuning in, and we're gonna be doing more of these. So make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes by hitting the subscribe button. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jake Hicks. Thank you. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. Thanks for listening. I get out of here and start shooting. This podcast is officially over. Over and out. Catch you next time, dude. Photography tutorials from the best in the business.